part two of Colin Quinn. You consider yourself a comic first or a writer first? That's a good question. Great question. Um, I guess I consider myself a writer first. I mean, are you okay with putting new stuff out and, and you get silenced? That's you- the only way it works. The thing in comedy is it's a great, it's great humility because you realize I'm not a genius. Because you go out there and you do your new stuff and it's not ready. And the audience has to fit. They're like our editors. So like... They're right. there to laugh, for the most part. Yeah, occasionally, yeah, you, get, yeah. you know, somebody is not. But 99% of them are there to laugh. That's why they came to the club. Right. And they pay money to laugh. So if it doesn't work, they're trying to laugh. So either you're not explaining it correctly, or you haven't finished it. You haven't finished it. And yet. that's what's so great, the humility of realizing they're your partner. How many times do you go through it before you say, all right, I'm not going to do this bit anymore? I mean, if they don't laugh the first time, do you go... No, I'm like, no, 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 I can fix this. I can fix Fix it. Right. And what you said, I love what you said, Colin. The audience is is the final edit. Yeah. Yeah. That's fucking brilliant, really. Yeah. No, they they help. They're such a part of the process. It's crazy. I mean, I'm sure you saw it in Bronx Tale. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you think about it, if you could look at early audience tapes of Bronx Tale and later tapes, when we all know. Bronx Tale's a part of a lot of our lives. Right, right. It's a different reaction. Fucking unbelievable. But it must be amazing, yeah. right? It it's, a, be, it's amazing. It's different. Yeah, it's just, but the, the audience, you actually, but you know, if you think about it, Colin, now that you said that, it just yeah. hit me. The way I developed Bronx Tale, and this, this look, uh, and I just want to get off because this is, is about you. Seriously, and the way, but but it's relating to what you're saying is, I did the monologue, I did the the killing first on stage, and everybody loved it. And I went, oh, this is really good. And each week I would write, and then I would perform it on Monday night uh-huh. at the studio with the actors, with all the audience there. At actor studio? No, at the uh, uh, the ensemble LA. studio theater in in L. A. Sure. And and then at Theater West. And then I would perform it, and about I would write 10 minutes, and out of the 10 minutes, three minutes really worked. I would throw away it, then I would add that three minutes onto this, and I kept doing that. And after a year, I had 90 minutes of the show that everybody saw. So literally, I did it with a live audience and kept workshopping it and workshopping it. That's right, that's right. That's exactly what you're doing. What a guy told me once, just like with comics, you don't know what you have till the ashes are in the seats. I don't give a fuck how funny you think you wrote. They'll tell you. Perfect. That's what, believe me, we resent every time you're sitting in these studio meetings, these Hollywood guys, and they're right. like, I don't know if people will get that in Iowa. Well, like, I've been to Iowa 20 times. <laughs> I'll tell you what people get in Iowa. You won't tell me. I'm there. I see the people live. Live, we'll and they you. get it. And they do get it. And they get it. Iowa, yeah. Yeah, right. That's the highest reading level in the country, by the way. Nobody wants to talk about that. The highest what? Reading level in the country. Really? Iowa. This is a 20-year-old fact, but I used to throw it around, so I hope it's still true. <laughs> now, this is before Google. I used to say it, and people are like, I guess he knows who he's talking about. I guess he does. Now he people does. look it up. It's probably like 12th. Who knows? Right. But at the time, they had the highest read level. Yeah, but it's true. And, and do you ever have... Uh, how do you feel about comics seeing your act? Well, I, I guess it would have to be somebody you respect, of right. course. Uh, and they say, hey, Colin, you know... If you try this, I think it'd be funny. Are you okay with hearing something like no, that? No, I hate it. You hate it. I give them the stare because <laughs> I, you know, they they have more status than me, but nobody's more arrogant. So I'm just like, <laughs> I look at them and I'm like, are you giving me a note? You know what I mean? Right, but what about it's a really good note, Colin? Yeah, I guess. But it's like, if, if somebody, the way I tell people notes, because I have notes for people too, I go, I hate this. 
You tell me to go F myself. <laughs> right, right. I understand this is the most obnoxious thing I could say. I'll tell every comic. Right. I do a preamble beforehand. I go, I know you don't want to hear this. If you never use this and just tell me to beat it, I get it. Right. I hate when people give me notes. And then I'll give them a little note. But right. I'm never like, hey, if somebody comes up to me and goes, hey, you should be doing this. I'm just like, are you kidding me? Right. Oh, I'll be like, oh, thank you so much. Right, so you're right. telling me what I should be doing. Yeah. Huh? I like to take a, I will take a note from somebody who's in the game. But if they say yeah. it the right way, if it's they like say anything it the right else, way. if they yeah. go, hey, yeah. here's what you need to do. Yeah. Oh, 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 no, no, like no, 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 no. Oh, here's what no. I need to do. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no. That's, that's fucking out. Well, that's you what know. I'm saying. It's, you know, a lot of people right. speak from like, right. I'll tell you what you but, need. But you know what's funny? When comics are together, I noticed this. Yeah. When somebody says something funny, they won't laugh. They'll go, that's funny. Yes. They'll yes. just say the words. Because it's the ultimate admiration. That's funny. No. They won't laugh. We, well, we laugh. We laugh not at club. We laugh at the same thing everybody else laughs at, which is when you really feel when you identify. So if I'm on stage and I'm being funny and then there's a moment where the crowd's not laughing and the other comedians could see in my eyes the surprise and disappointment that then they laugh because they've been there. So it's what you identify with. Right, right, when right. They laugh because they're like, oh, I know that feeling. When you're like, you say this thing and then there's like a shoe drop and you didn't hear the sound. Right. And you like have this little moment in your head, like what the f- just, and then everybody laughs because that's right. our, right? You know, so it's like everybody else. But yeah, we we always go, that's funny. That's funny. It's the ultimate compliment, and it's a way of saying you should put that in your act too by saying that's funny. By saying when you say that's funny, you should put that in your act. It's sort of saying that, yeah. Wow, wow. I mean, I, it, it's it's comedy is so fucking interesting to me that it's what the the great uh, actor Edmund Keane on his deathbed. He said, I, I know this is hard for you, you know, passing on. And he said, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. Yeah. You know, because. A, but you just, you said it exactly. Like yeah. I said, you understand it. You did a live show that's gets giant laughs. Right. Gets big laughs. Rockstale gets big laughs right, the whole right, way through. Right. So you understand. You can't, if you're up there going, then we have this one guy. He, and you start yeah, smiling you at the saw, crowd. Oh, no. no, you're the just doing him. The more serious you are, yeah. You're doing him. If yeah. he's like, hey, kid, but he's like trying to be funny, you're doing him the way you do him. Yes. And it's funny because you're trusting, like, even if the people are in Tennessee, there's a guy that they understand has that, he may not be an Italian right. guy from the Bronx, but he has that bearing to him, right. whichever one of the characters you're doing. Right. Do you think there are people who are just born funny and some people are not funny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's people that are just funny. I mean, you take Rodney Dangerfield. He's just born funny. Born funny. You know, I asked Chris Rock once, yeah. who's the roughest, who's the toughest act to follow? And I asked him, you know, he said Rodney. I, I believe couldn't that, believe he yeah. said that. I thought he would say like Robin Williams or so who because Robin is so phonetic. Right, right. He said Ronnie Dangerfield. Well, because Ronnie because this is a machine gun, he said. Broom, I broom. think it's because there's a purity. Ronnie Dangerfield, it's not even his jokes. It's the fact that between the jokes, you're almost laughing harder because he's like uh, he's just looking at the crowd and you just <laughs> feel the misery and he's like, I'll tell you, it ain't it ain't easy. It ain't easy anyway. And you just you feel in your soul. It ain't easy, and it's even harder for this guy. The misery of life that comes emanates through him right. of like this is what life is. So right. we all feel like we don't get no respect, but right. him especially. Yeah. Did you ever feel strange following a great set by a great comic? 
Oh God, yeah. You have, yeah. Oh, uh, especially when you're kind of when you're when you're not well known, it's easier because you go up and the audience is with you because you're like, I'm nobody. This guy. Right. When you're sort of known, like my level, where people kind of know you, you can't go up there and be like. I'm trying. You have to go up there and try to be. And <laughs> yeah, but that's interesting that you said that. Okay, so a comic comes in. Yeah. But usually he's trying out new stuff too. So when you come on after him, do you say, "Oh fuck it, fuck the new stuff. I got to go with the heavy stuff now." Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. I mean, you oh yeah, I'll bail. You know, nobody <laughs> likes to admit it, but I'll bail. But I mean, but but it's like anything else. All you have is you. So if you, the biggest rookie mistake, which I'm sure you know, yeah. from all of your stuff. If I go up there and try to keep the energy of Rodney Dangerfield or Chris Rock or anybody, if I try to keep their energy and go, hey, this guy's got the energy of this, I'm bringing, no, no, all I have is me. If it's not enough, I understand. I get it. Wow. You people don't want that, That's but brilliant. this is all yeah. I have. Wow. Right? That was a great, great answer. So I, I'm not going to bring you up the way he is. This is me. If you dig me, great. If you don't, if that's you don't, fine. I understand. I can't do anything. I can't be what I'm not. Wow. Right. I think that's brilliant. But you know that from your fucking your work, a. right? I mean, yes. This is it. This you, is this, this is what I got. This is what I got, and this is what I do. What would advice you have for any? And I, they always ask me this, and I say, well, yeah, that's a question you should ask a comic. Uh, any comic coming up today, what advice can you give him, Colin? I I would say to, that the that today especially because it's like everything else saturated everything's so saturated, you know what I mean? Right. So I always feel like like if you try to be like if you're naturally dirty and shocking, that's who you should be. But if you're not naturally dirty and shocking, don't be that. Be what you try to be. Like I think the greatest hook I always say is this is my own snobby way of saying this, being passive. But I always say the biggest hook you can have to be unique is to be intelligent. So if you be, if you go for right. an intelligent angle, I feel like that's always a safe bet with comedians. Because the whole thing about like comedy, when I think about it, is it's the same subject, like you said, Sebastian Damara. It's your take on things. So you're looking at the same thing that every other comic is looking at. Your angle on it might be different. So it's just your shifting of what you believe or what you see. And that's all it is. Wow. How you see how you see the same thing we all see. So that's that's the important thing to remember. Just and, right. just and to work like you have to write all the time. Everybody's always like, I'll go on stage. Go on stage is the fun part. Writing is the ugly part. Absolutely. As you well know. Yes, yes. Ugly. Yes. Ugly. Yes. Writing yes. when you were going on stage at EST, you're say I use the lingo so people yeah. know I'm in the yeah. and <laughs> but when you're on stage there, that's the fun part every Monday night. You're looking forward to it. The dirty work was on Thursday and Friday right, when writing. everybody else is going out to the club right. and you're sitting alone at three in the morning trying to get that one sentence right. Right. That's the part that nobody likes. Right. And we you, all hate it. You keep getting it and And then but Monday night you you get the laugh. You must have been high as a kite oh. when you're like, I can't believe I figured out a piece of this puzzle. But isn't that a beautiful thing when you write something, you go, wait a minute, I, I wrote it. This is funny. And then you do it and it works. Yeah. But the hard part is Making sure on Thursday and Friday, you know, I can't go out tonight. Right. Right. Now, you're married, right? Yeah. And uh, and you've been a comic all your life, right? Yeah. And your wife's, is, she, is your wife in the business? Yeah, or? she's a producer. She's a producer. Okay. So she understands. Now, as a comic, you travel a lot, right? Sure. I mean, every comic has to go on the road. Yeah. 
Well, because that's where... Uh, that's where it know, all goes. That's where it all goes. But the thing that you... T- when I watch you, Colin, you don't talk about personal things, your marriage or things like that right. too much. You talk about events in life and wor- in the world. Right. It's stuff it, that makes you think. The stuff that makes you think. That's what I mean when... I mean, there were so many moments I turned to my wife and I go, I never thought of that. Fuck yeah, I, I never thought of that. You know, did you ever hear a bit from another comic and say, oh, I wish I thought, how could I All the time. (laughs) Right. They're the best. I mean, that's what I love about comedy is when somebody gets up there, you go, ah, that's the great, and that's why comedians will go to you. Like one of the biggest compliments you get from other comedians is when you go off stage, they go, you motherfucker. That's what they say. Right. And it means like, oh, what a great bit that is. Why did I think of that? Why do I think of that? No, we all feel that way. I mean, I, I, Every comedian has at least one or two bits, and some of them have 50 bits, where I'm like, ah, that's beautiful. Right. It's beautiful. But, mean, that's uh, but you'll say that to another comic, what a great bit that of was. Of course. Right. I mean, you have to. It's, yeah. You have to give it up. Uh, but, that's but the it's, fun. It's the voice. It's the voices that you have. Yes. It's your voice. Yes. It's it's Sebastian's voice, Bill Burr's voice, Chris's voice. Uh, oh, there's so it's many. The one with there's a hundred that then, we don't and, know. And then you have, and then another unique voice is Jerry's voice. Yes, Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh yeah, his voice is totally different than uh, uh, it's Absolutely. his own voice, but it works. But it brilliantly works. funny. Yeah. So I go, how could another comic talk about two comics talk about the same thing, but one is funny and one's not funny? Yeah. I go, how could that be? It's 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 the angle. I feel like it's the take you have on it. Like, you know right. what I mean? Like what you take. Look, somebody else could talk about growing up on your block, 187. Right. Somebody else could talk about your block right. and be like, look, here's what happened. This, this, this. And it would not come out as the work of art that it is. The, the street poetry right. that right. it became. Right. So it's all, you know what I mean? It's the execution. So right. they have the same take, and they'll tell the same story. And the same story, but and people be, be like, "That was a really sad story." I was a little right. depressed by it, right? Do you uh, ever get comics or somebody come over to you and say, "Hey, uh, you know, you stole my bit"? Not me, no. Not you. No, no I mean not comics. Just idiot people. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, <laughs> yes. oh, idiot people. Not comics. Yes. They'll say, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> yes. uh, oh, how about this one? You know, I'm thinking about being a comic. People say I'm funny. Yeah. And I always go, "Get the fuck on stage." Well, that's the thing. You think you're funny? Good. Well, it's like Go they, on a strange where there's all these strangers. Yes. And let's see how fucking funny you it's, are. It, and, and some of them are really funny people, but yes. it's a different... It's what the guy said to me. You're a natural. Come back in a year. That was brilliant. That was a brilliant thing. His name is Chris Blitman. I don't think he's in the game anymore, but he said that... I mean, talk about a brilliant He knew. Statement. He knew like... He knew. This is not a game. You're a yeah. natural. Nobody gives a shit. Wow. That's, but he was wow. saying, you're a natural. Good for you. Right. Like he was admitting. He goes, you, right. you belong here, but there's a million people that come by that are probably naturals. Are you going to be here in a year? Are you going to work out every night? Are you, you going to go for free? All these other clubs? And like I said, the people I was around. There's no what, other way. You have, to, you have to pay your dues to be a comic. Not only do you have to pay your dues, you have to pay your dues now. Chris Rock wants to do a new hour. He has to go to the clubs, work out his new stuff, have giant silences. There's no, that's the sad part. Jerry does it. Everybody does it. There's no, if there was a way, we would have right, found it by now. Right, you would have found it by now. You know what I mean? There's no easy way. Yeah, no, it's really interesting. Nobody gets away with it, even in, when they've made it big. You know what I mean? It's like like William Goldman said, you don't know what you have till the asses are in the seats. That's right. Period. Yeah. Period. 
He doesn't give a fuck. The other thing I love William Goldman says, my favorite quote is, in the specific is the universal. Wow. Why do you think a Bronx tale works all over the place? In the specific is the universal. You're not saying, hey, let's make sure that people understand right. this could be their house. And No, no. You're just saying, here's the story, and they feel it. Wow. You're right. William Goldman. William Goldman. Right. So, so Colin, uh, you, before the show, I, I got to bring it up. You said you you met Bob De Niro. and, and I met, I, well, this is, I met Bob De Niro at, at SNL. We had a funny interaction. It was fine. A couple of laughs, whatever. Right. And then a few years, but I did a De Niro impression, but not a good one. But anyway, a few years later, his wife calls me up and goes, Colin, would you come to De Niro's Bobby, Bob's 60th birthday party at Le Cirque, and will you just do your De Niro impression? Now, a person who <laughs> wasn't a borderline personality would go, yes, I'll do that. I'll come. I'll do a two-minute De Niro impression, and that'll be it. That'll be it. Instead, I go to a, because I was doing comedy at the time, I was really feeling my notes. You have to understand the mindset. So I'm like, I'll do better than that. I'll do a whole set about De Niro. And she's like, oh, well, you don't have... Like she was trying to be... Even her, her gut told her, what's no, going on Don't here? do this. Like, I'll do the whole thing. I was like, Ralph Quinn, you ever see when he goes, I'm going straight for the $69,000? <laughs> right, right, That's what right. This, was. this is exactly what this was. I show up. I spend three days writing. I broke every rule of comedy. So I spent three days <laughs> writing a, 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 a whole thing about De Niro, a bunch of material, jokes right. about his career, his life, but couldn't try any of it out because it's oh. only for one night of roast. So I didn't have it rehearsed, so I'd have to read it off paper. So these are breaking all the rules of comedy. Every rule. I show up, I break another one. I walk in all the waiters. I felt bad. I'm like, these guys probably wanted to be in. Here I am doing this. I'm like, you know, it's probably, I feel like Scorsese and these guys are probably like, they're going to be like, we never, this guy should be in all movies. He's like our type of guy. How do we not see this guy this whole time? Right. This is all going on in my mind. Not. None of what I'm saying is me trying to enhance I mean, my own ago, right? delusions of yeah. grandeur. Right. So I go there, I show up, I got my papers. Then she goes to me, another rule of comedy, I'll introduce you. No. I go up, don't introduce me. There's a bunch of people, you're there. Or, uh, all right. those people, right? Uh, Chris Walken's there, Harvey Cattell's there. Right. Robin Williams. Remember, yes. So Erwin uh, Winkler. Right. Scorsese's not there, thank God. So me and him are still fine, I'm yeah. sure. But I thought he was going to be there. I come out, and I just take the mic. And as Robin Williams said to me later, he goes, yeah, I just saw you up there talking into a mic. I go, what's going on? We're in the middle of eating dinner. So I go, hey, um, I'm not, I'm here to talk about Bob De Niro, you know. He was in, and I start doing roast jokes about De Niro. Nobody's, there's no introduction. There's, there's like a drunk grab the mic. You know, I, it's not like I have a, Elegant right. affect anyway. So I go, you know, he was in so-and-so. How do you apologize for your last whatever horrible movie you just made? I go, what do you do to prepare for that when you stare in the mirror and apologize to the audience? I'd be looking, was he insulting De Niro at his birthday party? Who's this guy? I go, yeah, a few more jokes about De Niro. And then I turned to your table because I said, this is going bad. I could you know, read that much. Right. I was like, what's going on? Because in my mind, this is going to be the greatest night of my life. This was the culmination of all of my work in my mind. Wow. I have a bunch of notes spread out on a table. Right. Notes. So I'm not leaving until these notes are done. There's no early exit like I should have. Right. 
These notes are here for a reason. I'm getting to all of them. Broke every rule. Broke every rule. So right now I start improving just to bust balls, try to get the crowd back. I go, hey, Chris Walken, what are you doing here? This is like 2004. I go, shouldn't you be doing a cameo in an unwatchable independent movie? His girlfriend's like, oh. Um, and I go, oh, Harvey Cartel, make yourself at home. Take your pants off. Oh, God. Oh, you're right in the middle of them. Like, what's going on? <laughs> then I proceed to go through all, each step of the way. I'm bombing worse and worse. I've got all these notes. I'm bringing up the notes. I'm trying to tell this stupid story from when the first time I was a taxi driver. <laughs> and uh, I'm doing like, so it's embarrassing to even go with the actual material. Right. And then I did like a, I wrote like a parody of a, a Goodfellas scene. Wow. <laughs> but I'm doing all myself. I'm doing all the characters. I mean, silence, like grunts. Like it was almost getting like, you feel violence in the air. <laughs> when you really bomb, people start getting angry because you're interrupting dinner. And then, right? And then, you know, you can just feel people like, oh, you're ruining on. And then I'm just up there bombing left and right. And the, the only left I got is Le Cirque, St. Patrick's Cathedral, right behind there. You can right. see it from the window. Right. Right behind your head. So I was like, oh, I can't wait to go over here and light a candle after this. <laughs> That's the only mild laugh I got. Dead silence. Where De Niro is like, comes, he's like, leave him alone. Like he actually yells out like, oh, come on. He's trying to do his thing. Like he yells, pity. <laughs> it bombs. I get off. I'm, I was only on for about 15 minutes. I'm soaked in sweat. <laughs> I, I barely sweat. I soaked, soaked in sweat. I go outside. Robin Williams comes running out afterwards. I've got a new cashmere shirt that somebody gave me as a gift on a thing. I had another gig that night on a on a hanger, and I'm going. I don't know what it was like. Four hundred bucks. I go. I don't know what happened. It falls off the hangers. It was, it was raining. It falls in the gutter, and a cab runs over the sweater. <laughs> Robin Williams starts crying with laughter. I leave. And then, you know, I told the story, ha, 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 for a couple of years, funny story. And then, like, 10 years later, I'm like, you know what? It was, but as you said to me that night, ah, people barely know us. I was like, yeah, maybe it wasn't the big deal I'm making out of it. And then Jim Norton, I mean, we're outside the comedy cellar. De Niro was come by with his wife right. to talk. 10 years later, to, he's researching a movie where he plays a comedian. And he's just talking to us for two minutes. We're all having a few laughs. Everybody's cool. And Norton goes, hey, remember the time he bombed at your birthday party? Oh. And him and his wife, the... Darkness went over their faces <laughs> where they just, and they were both like, and it changed. And even Jim goes, I didn't know it was going to be that bad. <laughs> and that was it. So that was the end of my, uh, you know, my relationship with De Niro. That was it. It's over now. Yeah. No. Well, I always wanted to hear the famous Colin Quinn, Robert De Niro story. Yeah, that was it. Now you heard it too, folks. Probably my last question because I, I, I just, I could talk to you for hours. And that is, when do you know, this is the, when do you know, because just like this podcast, John, when do you know, I, I me as an actor, right. and I, as doing a stand-up, and I wrote, and I, I'm, not, I'm not a stand-up comic, I, I tried it once early on in the, in the 70s, and I was like, what I really didn't like was I couldn't hang out with, with stand-up comics, they, they're like so fucking depressing, Colin, they're all yeah. depressing, yeah. most of them, and I just... I'm an actor. I've always been an actor. I said, you know what? I like acting more. I don't like this stand-up stuff. Right. And and I never consider myself a stand-up comic. But I tried it for a little while, and it's fucking hard, man. 
It is like, and that's why they say stand-up comedy is probably the hardest of all in the, in the one-person, you know, it, so at least a one-person show, you have it worked out, you wrote it, but stand-up is like, it's you. It's you. But they hate you. They hate it, you. Well, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the joke about the, the stand-up comic that does Hamlet. No. So he does Hamlet, and he decides, you know, he's going to do Hamlet. So he's no. doing it, but he's terrible. You know, he's just, and the whole crowd starts walking out, just keeps walking out. And finally, he's doing, you know, all the monologue. He's just terrible. And finally, he goes, hey, come on, folks. I didn't write this shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Now, before I get to my last question, when you're ever when you're doing stand up, if you like, I saw uh, Jim Carrey do stand up at the uh, comedy store. Comedy store, right back in the in day. In L.A. Back yes. in the day, right? And he was always very funny, right. very funny. And his bits were these arms. Oh and, yeah. I mean, yeah, very unique, hysterical. But then one night he was doing it, and he must have been in a bad mood or something. But some there was a heckler, and and all of a sudden I said, "Whoa, this is getting serious." And he said, yeah. "Fuck you," and another "fuck you" back. And he, he said, really? He jumped off the stage. Like, it was going to be a fight. People had to break it up. And, and it just, like, stopped everything. Yeah. You know? Do you ever get a heckler where you go, I'm not going to fuck with him? Or do you fuck with him? Or when do you know when to stop and when to go? You have to fuck with him. Look, here's the other thing about hecklers. I'm glad you brought this up because I think about hecklers a lot. You know, what, yeah. they, what they mean and what their intentions are, which can be different in the depending. Right. Sometimes, what the problem is, a lot of hecklers are your biggest fans and they're drunk. Yes. And they're trying to talk to you and they're ruining the show. But anyway, but the thing is, you the audience gets to live vicariously through you. The person at work, they're not allowed to talk to their boss like that. They're not allowed to uh, attack the bully at the ball game. Wow. Because they get their ass kicked. Right. Your responsibility <laughs> is to take this person without being, you're not going to be a tough guy. Your responsibility is to destroy them in a very funny way. <sighs> destroy them. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And, that, we, and then everybody in the audience loves it because you they don't get the privilege and the opportunity to do that to the asshole in their life. And sometimes that asshole loves it when you destroy him. Oh, my God. I mean, that's the saddest part is that, you know. They love it. They love the attention. Denver, or they're just like, I had a right. guy, dra guys, they're dragging, his friends are dragging him out in Denver last year. I'm, <laughs> and he's like, I'm your biggest fan. And one of the friends came up to me and goes, he, he actually was the one that got his whole tickets to see you. He's your biggest fan. He's just drunk. And they dragged him out. They had to drag him out. He's a fucking ruining the show. Wow. Asshole. But I felt bad because I'm sure when he bought the tickets, he was sober. He's like, Colin Quinn, you're all coming to see my friend. And then 10 minutes <laughs> my friend, in, my friend. 10 minutes in, I'm like, you fucking asshole. Right. I remember what Seinfeld said. He said, the more offensive the joke, the funnier it has to be. Yeah, well, that's true too, of course. Yeah. Because you don't, you, if it's really funny... But you'll it's very it offensive. That you'll let it yes, slide. Yes, you can't just you can't just get up there and just be like you can't fly on that. Like I'm just gonna be offensive. You have to. It has to be twice as funny. It has yeah. to be twice as funny. Yeah. And here's my last question too. When do you know? When does and and not this is not just for comics. This is for for people in general, but mostly for comics. You have an ending. You have an ending joke. Usually, you say I'm going to end my show this way. Right. You know this fucking joke kills. It's pretty kills. And your, your, your last 10 minutes, but like three minutes before you go into your last bit, it's so fucking funny. The audience is hysterical. Right. It's nonstop rolling. Laughter stops the show. Would you say to yourself, get the fuck off now or go to the next bit? That's a great question. 
Um, that's the 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 smart move would be to get off then. Right. But like I said, greed plays a big part. <laughs> Ego plays a big part. Right. And you're like, you know what? Plus, you have to grow. So the people that are satisfied with just getting off on their biggest laugh, I understand. But to me, that's that's a a short term win. So you have to you have to keep trying to push your own self to be I, I, yeah. a better comic. So yes, the small move is to get off, and there's times I've done that. But in general, I feel like you use that charity <laughs> to do another bit and leave on less of a big laugh. Like like say the second bit isn't. There's no way that second bit could be as it big. It happens as that. all the time, right, Colin? It happens all the time, and people just don't know. Comics don't know when to get the fuck off. No, no. But because it's also they, yeah. because we want to, at least I'm rationalizing it in my mind, yeah. is we're like, no, 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 no. Anybody can leave on their biggest laugh. You have to try to push it <laughs> a little bit to to grow as right. a performer. Well, but yeah, but you're yeah. right. But but again, the biggest laugh is not always the best joke either. You know? Okay, but you want it to be the biggest laugh. Well, as much sometimes. as I said, the audience has to help edit and collaborate. Right. You also have to help them and go, no, 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 no. You're laughing at that because I grabbed my balls. <laughs> That's not the funniest thing I've said tonight. Right. Wow. Well, you know what? As as an actor and a writer, I know when to fucking leave the stage, and this is the time. <laughs> Colin Quinn, you are... Uh, seriously, not only are you a wonderful friend, you are a fucking classic comic. Everybody loves you. Every... I have never heard a comic say, eh, you know, I don't get him. When I mention your fucking name, they say, oh, that fucking guy. Well, yeah, well, uh, well, you know, you are revered by every fucking comic in the industry. Not only do you do, you're a comic, you're one fucking really good actor, you're a hell of an actor, because we work together, and you're up there, and you do this, I, I, I don't know, you're like the, you're like fucking Andy Warhol and Woody Allen. You got this, your own fucking style, you talk in your own way, you say things that make people think, you say things that are funny, but insightful. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you never saw this man, Colin Quinn, he's a fucking animal on stage. Go see him. You'll learn something and you'll laugh your ass off. Colin. Thank you, Chad. God bless Thanks. you, really. You thank too. you. I know you don't do many podcasts. Thank you for thank gracing you. for gracing, course, I love for you. gracing my podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that and I will see you next week. <laughs>